Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, star reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice. Excitement runs high on the Clara M., last of the old clipper ships, where affairs have reached a crisis. In our last episode, we heard how Teak Barnaby and Limey, having gained possession of the valuable treasure map, deserted the Clara M. in a lifeboat after breaking holes in the other lifeboats with an axe. To ensure their escape, they had also set a time fuse connected with several cases of dynamite. As the last episode ended, Barnaby and Limey had succeeded in escaping when suddenly explosion after explosion shook the ancient vessel and flames shot up from the hold. Superman, unaware of the danger threatening his friends, was miles away across the sea, saving the crews of two tankers that had collided in the fog. Our scene is now the Clara M. Listen... Now I understand why Barnaby and Limey stove in those lifeboats. If those explosions are what I think they are, we'll be sinking any minute. And we won't be able to do a thing to save ourselves. Yeah, that was a bad one, lad. Rocked the whole ship. Look out. Flames. Flames shooting up from the hole. Yeah, she's cut fire. And no small fire it is either. You there. Aye, sir. Get the men working with the fire extinguishers. Fire extinguishers. They'll do no good of the likes of that fire, sir. Eh, be that as it may, you'll do as you're told. Up to it now. How come those explosions, anyways? You're carrying dynamite in this tub? We were carrying it all right, though I never knew it till this minute. Not any man aboard, for that matter. What's going to happen, Scotty? I heard once that the most dreaded thing on shipboard is a fire. Is that so? No, 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 lad. You're not to go worrying yourself about something you can do nothing about. So worry? Huh. Look at those flames shooting up from the hole. They're getting worse, pal, and I ain't kidding. If the lifeboats can't be used, what are we going to do when his tub starts sinking? Figure that one out for us, will you? Mr. McCavish. Mr. McCavish. Hey, what is it? That fire's all out of control. Yeah. Not only that, but them explosions have blown a hole in us below the water line. Big enough to stick your head through. Yeah, all right. Keep up to the fire with the extinguisher. Oh, Hold it and check as long as you can. Come on, lad. Where to? I'm going to the radio room, and I'm not leaving either of you. I don't say. We can take care of ourselves. You'll come with me, or I'll know the reason why. Now, get along there. Good night. Look at those flames. How long do you think the boat can last, Scotty? Well, we'll last until we sink. And if you think that's a silly answer, you can give me a better one. Here, now. Tell this companion away. The radio room's right along here, ain't it? Yeah, here it is. Right in here. Oh. Ah. Not waiting for orders, eh, mister? No, sir. I knew we were finished the minute I heard those, those explosions. I'm sending a call of distress. Oh, well, good, good. Gosh, I, I wonder where Mr. Kent is. I don't know what happened to him after he went off with Superman. Do you think he's on board? Well, I don't see how he can be on board, lad. He'd have shown up before this. Golly. Well, well, have you had any response, mister? No, sir, none as yet. Hey, we'll keep trying, keep trying. I, sir, you can count on me to keep trying till we go down. No, no, I'll have none of that. We'll get a chance to save your skin. Tell me how, with the lifeboats all stove in. If I could get my hands on Barnaby and Lionel... You keep your hands on that radio key. Come on now, lad. Where are you gallivanting to now? Up on deck to see how things are going. Bridging the broad Atlantic, searching desperately for some hope of rescue, the wireless sends its call of distress. Meanwhile, miles away, Superman, having completed his mission of mercy, speeds toward the Clara M through the dawn. Well, I'm glad that job is done. 
By using the anchor cables of those tankers, I managed to haul both of them to the mainland. <laughs> the captains and the crew will never know what happened. They'll never find out what pulled them through the water with the speed of a powerboat. Well, I'll soon be back at the Clara M. Wait a minute. What's that on the horizon? Smoke. Must be a steamer of some kind. Probably passing very close to the Clara M. Now, the minute I get on board, I'll have to reappear as Clark Kent. Which reminds me, I'd better start thinking up a pretty good explanation right now. Well, I can say... Hello. What's that bobbing on the water off to my right? Looks like a small boat. Honey, I'd better investigate that. There it is below me. Yes, it's a boat, all right. And there are two men in it. Something wrong with them, too, sprawled out like that. They must need help. Down! Down! What? Limey! And Barnaby! What in the world? Oh, Barnaby's finished. Bullet hole through the chest. And Limey. Uh, still a little life left in him. Not much, I'm afraid. Uh, knife wounds. They must have had a fight, these Pulled two. Pulled a knife on me. Pulled a knife, he did. What's that? Pulled a knife on me. We fought. Fought hard. I got him finally. I never expected I'd have a gun to swine. Tried to get all the swag for himself, eh? I showed him. I showed him. Limey. Uh, he's finished, too. Took his last breath. I think I begin to see. Limey must have freed Barnaby, and together they made off in this boat. Then they had a fight over the map. The map? That must be here, too. Let's see. Yeah, here it is, all right. Well, I'll just take that along with me. Now then, what to do about these two? Well, I suppose there's only one thing to be done. And the quicker I get it over with, the better. Hey, lad, I, I know that. If only we knew where Mr. Kent is. From the time he walked out on deck with Superman. Hey, listen, Scotty. What you bring us up here on a bridge for? Oh, uh, I thought it would be the best place, hmm? Best place for what? What are you talking about? Lads, I... I've got something to say. There will be no chance now that we can be saved. Hey, hey, what do you mean? Now, let me finish, lad. The hole blowing in our side and the Clara M's burning fast. She's listening bad already. And in another five or ten minutes, it'll all be over. Gosh. The crew will realize that in a minute, and then, well, there'll be some of them take it hysterical-like, and some of them take it calm. But take it, they must. Now, which is it going to be, like? How will you take it? Wait. Calm, I guess. Yeah, Sure. Me? Me? I- I'm tough. Good lads. That's why I brought you both up here on the bridge. Somehow, going down, it'll be easier up here. Excuse me, sir. It's the radio man. Hey, what is it? I've had a reply to our message of distress, sir. The United States destroyer, sir, 80 miles away. 80 miles? All I could get was heading toward you at 20 knots. Will you please? And then our batteries went dead, sir. Hey, well, it doesn't matter. It couldn't possibly reach us in time. We, we're thinking fast. And still no sign of Mr. Kent. Look, a lot of the men are jumping into the water. The rest of them just standing there on deck, waiting. Scotty. Easy, lad. No, easy. We'll all be over in a few minutes. 
Just, just look off there to the horizon. Make believe through the dawn you can see that destroyer steaming for us. If it only was. Boy, if we could just see that destroyer coming for us. Listen, what was that? Scotty, the Claram lurched forward, and I could feel it give way under my feet. It's the end, sir. She's getting ready to go under. Aye, we'll. Let's all get ready to go under with her. Bravely, lads, bravely. We'll go down like sailormen, lads. Eh? <laughs> Spread your legs and stand square up on the deck. Aye, sir. Aye, aye. Hands up, lads. Eyes straight ahead. Chins up. Eyes straight ahead. Her bows are underwater, sir. Aye. She'll dive bow up. Any minute now. Any minute. Wait. Look there. What is it? Scotty. Jim, look. But it can't be. It is, Pug. It is. It's Superman. And he's heading straight for the bridge. Here he comes. Superman. Jimmy. Now, you people are in a bad way here. I thought I am getting ready to go under. Oh, I see. Here, both you boys, throw your arms around my neck and hold on tightly. You men, I'll take one of you under each arm. But, Superman, what about Mr. Kent? We don't even know where he is. Oh, he's all right, Jimmy. I've taken care of him. Thank goodness. What about the crew? They're all in the water. I'll have to help them as best I can. Quick now, hang on. The ship's going under. There she goes. She's going under now. Hold on. Up. Up. And away. What do you know? We're flying. This guy's like an airplane. Oh, I've done this before. Gosh. Those poor guys down there in the water. I can't save them all. I can't risk your lives trying to save them. Then drop us. Hold on to the lads and drop me in the radio, man. Wait, look. Isn't that... Why, sure, it's the plane. Sure, it must be from that destroyer I contacted. That's what it is, all right. Say, look. Smoke on the horizon. That must be the destroyer. Yes. Look, the plane's going to land. She'll pick up the survivors. Most of them can hang on to the pontoons until the destroyer gets here. Well, looks as if I'm not needed here any longer. Hey, you're not going to drop us, are you? Oh, don't you worry about that. I'm flying with you all to that destroyer. Then I'll come back here and help in the rescue. Hold tight. Here we go. And so, this time, with the help of the United States Navy, Superman saves the lives of his friends and brings another adventure to a happy conclusion. But what of the treasure map? Will it lead our friends into new and more exciting adventures? Be sure to hear the next thrilling episode of our story with Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.
Well, what do you make of this uh, Superman business? Episode 186, The Last of the Clipper Ships, 20, April 18th, 1941. Congratulations! You've unlocked another episode of Superman Radio Revisited. I'm your host, Matt. I want to welcome you to this podcast for discerning listeners. Thank you for taking the time to find the show and not listening to a different podcast at this time that the establishment wants you to listen to. I said last episode that it was hard for me to believe that the last of the Clipper Ships storyline was going to conclude in just one more episode, since there was so much going on. But we have reached the conclusion. Scotty McTavish, Jimmy Olsen, and Pug Flanagan make their way to the radio room, and they find that the radio operator has already been sending out a call of distress. Which is great, because the Clara M is in flames after being rocked by explosions and is taking in water from a hole below the waterline. Scotty is the first mate and in charge since Clark is nowhere to be found. And he does his best to keep things together and orders the crew to hold the fire in check with fire extinguishers. But the fire seems to be out of control and they are seemingly doomed to sink in a matter of minutes. As a way to progress the story forward, we get told in a line of dialogue from Superman about how he saved the tankers instead of hearing the rescue play out. Well, I'm glad that job is done. By using the anchor cables of those tankers, I managed to haul both of them to the mainland. <laughs> the captains and the crew will never know what happened. They'll never find out what pulled them through the water with the speed of a powerboat. I think this was a nice way to handle the rescue, because hearing Superman going through the motions would have taken longer and we're already in tension, wanting to know if Superman will get back in time to save the people that were aboard the Clara M. It's impressive to know he pulled two tanker ships by their anchor cables, all while pouring on the speed and not being seen. I'm saying that they are not terribly far from land, since Limey and Barnaby were planning to basically row somewhere in a lifeboat. The narration has not told us lately where in the ocean they are, and maybe that is by design. Speaking of Limey and Barnaby... Superman spots them in their boat on his way back to the Clara M, and we figure out what happened after the fact again through Superman's point of view and Limey's dialogue. I think I would have rather heard the confrontation between Teak and Limey taking place. That would have been entertaining since they are, or were, both distinct characters. However, given the fact that this is the last part to wrap this storyline up, and there's about 10 minutes to do it in, the way it was done in this episode was probably quicker, and it was effective. It's also kind of neat that we get to make the discovery with Superman. A grisly find, to be sure. And ironic that both Teak and Limey die in a lifeboat. Do not shed any tears for these guys. They were dregs of society, who planned to kill all the people that were aboard the Clara M, including two 14-year-old boys. Back on the Clara M, we hear that a United States destroyer has heeded the distress call and is on its way at 20 knots, which is about 23.02 miles per hour. A destroyer is a warship type designed for escort duties against smaller vessels. In naval terminology, a destroyer is a fast, maneuverable, long-endurance warship intended to escort larger vessels in a fleet, convoy, or battle group and defend them against powerful, short-range attackers. 
Even with the destroyer on its way, the Clara M doesn't seem like it will hold out much longer, and Scotty McTavish takes Jimmy and Pug to the bridge of the ship and tries to be brave by encouraging the boys to die with dignity instead of losing their wits and just jumping in the water, as some people start doing. I suppose in some cases that is necessary, depending where the Clara M is engulfed in flames. I do like how Scotty is putting on a brave front, but with the destroyer on the way, you'd think he could tell the boys to tread water, try to grab something that floats, and survive until they can get rescued. This wouldn't be the first time in this storyline that Jimmy and Pug face the danger, danger excuse me, of drowning. They are sinking into the ocean, not an acid bath. As first mate and ostensibly captain, since Clark is nowhere to be found, Scotty is going down with the ship and trying to be there for the boys, which I do like. And maybe he would have told them to just keep swimming, as it were, but rescue does arrive in the form of Superman. The Clara M starts to go under. And Superman has Jimmy and Pug grab onto him around his neck and hold Scotty under one arm and the radio operator under the other as he starts to fly with them. Superman told Jimmy, who is worried about Clark, that he has taken care of him and that he's all right. What do you know? We're flying. It's flying like an airplane. Oh, I've done this before. Gosh. Those poor guys down there in the water. I can't save them all. I can't risk your lives trying to save them. Then drop us. Hold on to the lads and drop me and the radio man. Wait. That radio man probably has a name, Scotty. And I don't know if he likes you speaking for him. I think Scotty has lost his authority the second the Clara M sunk. I would have liked to hear the radio man tell Scotty to stuff it. A plane from the destroyer arrives and lands in the water, where it can pick up survivors, and they can wait for the destroyer to arrive. I'm not sure that destroyers carried planes... Probably helicopters were more likely, but for the sake of the story, this one did. This destroyer also seems to have made good time, probably increasing its speed from 20 knots, if possible, and going with the flow. Superman plans to deposit the people he's carrying aboard the U.S. destroyer and then to assist with rescuing men in the water. I can imagine the U.S. Navy personnel falling all over themselves trying to recruit Superman. A file was probably created specifically for this task and to provide details about this strange flying man with immense strength. And so, this time, with the help of the United States Navy, Superman saves the lives of his friends and brings another adventure to a happy conclusion. But what of the treasure map? Will it lead our friends into new and more exciting adventures? Be sure to hear the next thrilling episode of our story with Superman. Tune in. What of the treasure map? Superman saw it when he found Teak and Limey, so he probably stuffed it in his costume if he didn't have a pocket in his cape. The treasure map is a dangling thread from this story, and I wonder if it will be addressed in the next storyline, as well as the characters of Pug Flanagan and Scotty McTavish. We're still very far from Metropolis, so I'm curious if we'll begin a new adventure before we are back to Metropolis, or if there's just a reset to the status quo next episode. The next storyline is called The Nitrate Shipment, so that could have something to do with the Destroyer. To wrap up my coverage of the Last of the Clipper Ship story, I will say it was an epic saga, with some good mysteries concerning the Whistler and what exactly Teak Barnaby was after. I'm a little surprised Superman didn't fight any sea creatures, and for an adventure that was saying it would take us around the world, the Clara M didn't even dock at another port after it left Metropolis. 
This was also the longest story so far on the radio serial. It may have started to get away from the typical Superman story structure and setting, but I found it a nice departure. Different can be a good thing. It's nice not to know what to expect. For fun, I want to imagine the future of some characters, like you might see in a paragraph at the end of a movie or novel. Captain Hawkins eventually healed and made his way to where the Clara M was supposed to return after its final voyage. He bought a nice necklace that he intended to place around the figurehead and was heartbroken when he read Clark Kent's article in the Daily Planet about how his beloved Clara M had sunk. He, be, he just leaped in the ocean to swim toward her and has not been heard from since. Perry White and Mr. Barwick, the owner of the Daily Planet, were sad to see that the Clara M was not to return, but got over it when Clark Kent's articles started increasing circulation of the Daily Planet since they were filled with the exciting exploits Clark and Jimmy had experienced. The U.S. Navy were tipped off about the criminal records of the men they were rescuing by Superman and Jimmy, so most, if not all, were detained and awaited trial for their past misdeeds. Irish and Swede shared a cell and got into fights over which of their respective countries were better, but eventually became friends. As for Scotty McTavish and the Radio Man, Superman had pity on them and did not turn them over to authorities. Scotty decided to retire from sailing and wrote an autobiography. The radio man joined a radio station, and yes, that station does play the radio serial. As for Clark being missing in action, Superman told Jimmy and Pug that he took him to assist with the crash tankers. So that is why Clark was gone. We'll just say he deposited him on a, one of those tankers to help with that situation. Pug is now a paperboy for the Daily Planet and a stoolie for Superman. His father treats him well after a visit from Superman put some fear in him. And as for the Whistler, that uh, mystery seems to be solved. It was the wooden pipes. <whistles> or is it? Outside the radio serial, on April 18, 1941, according to OnThisDate.com, Alexandros Korizis, Prime Minister of Greece in 1941, commits suicide at about 65 as German troops closed in on Athens. According to the Superman homepage calendar, Action Comics No. 1, Superman's debut comic book, was released on April 18th. 1938, making this its third year anniversary, although some argue it was actually May 3rd. Thank you for sharing the last episode to their respective social media accounts to J.P. Rocha, Fan Films Friday Podcast, Coffee and Comics, and Russell Bragg. Stephen or else retweeted the video I made promoting episode 64. Stephen is a co-host of the Superman Super Show, and I plan to end the show with that promo. Fan Films Friday podcast said, Thanks for playing the promo, Matthew. You're downright super. You're most welcome, Clinton. I was glad to do it. And thank you. I think you're super as well. And Clinton also hosts the Coffee and Comics podcast. And Russell says, Good grief. Aren't they off the clipper ship yet? Enjoy the episode with expert commentary from Matt. And thank you, Russell. And as I hope you heard, they are definitely off the clipper ship now. I hope everyone enjoyed the last of the clipper ship story. 
And please tell your friends about this podcast. You got a galloping tongue. I do plan to cover the next storyline eventually, but I don't have the same sense of urgency that tugs at me when I'm in the middle of a storyline. So there may be a break before launching into the nitrate shipment. I do try to come out with episodes weekly after a new story has started. I would love to read a five-star review and a feedback section in the future. So if you have a couple minutes, please rate and review the show. If you don't think this podcast is worthy of five stars, please email me and let me know how you think I can improve as a host and give me a chance to do so before rating. If you want to leave a one-star review, I would ask that you just don't listen instead of bringing me down, a la the Clara M. If you have comments, questions, or feedback, you can send an email to earthrsuperman at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter, at Radio Superman, and there is a Superman Radio Revisited Facebook group I would love you to join. Thank you for listening to Superman Radio Revisited. Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster and is copyright DC Comics. The theme song was Lament of the Last Clipper by Man's Ear. Thank you and goodbye. Boys and girls, your attention please. Presenting a new exciting radio program featuring the thrilling adventures of an amazing and incredible personality, Superman. Hello and welcome to the Superman Super Show. My name is Steven, and I'm here to let you know what you can expect from this new podcast. It's actually pretty simple. Starting on Monday, April 18th, I'm getting together with fellow podcaster Ed Moore, and we're going to be talking about Superman comics. That's it. Well, I should explain that we're starting from the beginning, and we're taking it all one issue at a time, one episode at a time. What that means is that in episode one, we're going to go back to April 18th, 1938, to talk about the first appearance of Superman in Action Comics number one. In episode two, we're going to talk about Action Comics number two. In episode number three, we're going to talk about Action Comics number three, and so on, and so on, and so on. But it's not just Action Comics we're going to be reading and talking about. We're going to read every Superman comic ever in order of publication. Yeah, I know, impossible, right? I mean, we're talking about 84 years worth of Superman comics. I'm pretty sure that the two of us are going to kick the bucket before we get anywhere close to modern-day Superman. But you know what? That's for future Steven and future Ed to worry about. For now, we're just having fun with these Golden Age Superman books. And I have to tell you, if you've never read Golden Age Superman, then you're in for a treat. Because the Superman of 1938 is nothing like the Superman of today. But don't take my word for it. Here's just a little of what you can expect from the Superman Super Show each and every week. It seemed very broken. It was a bit disjointed. Good Lord, so much happens in those 13 pages. He could jump, you know, and and it would be a little bit easier for him. No, he just runs everywhere. It's like Forrest Gump. He was running. (laughs) What is he doing? He's got this freaking woman bound and gagged, and he just like stay here and sticks her behind a tree. So they're 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 cohesing. Is that a word? I, I don't know. It's not the John Byrne, Jim Lee, Wills Portacio hyper, uh, even J.R.J.R. You know, art. It's yeah. very loose, 
or very open. Um, I think I've learned many lessons about equality and tolerance and whatnot because of comics. But sometimes you just want to see Superman take a torturer <laughs> and throw him in, the, <laughs> throw him, in, yes. throw him beyond the distant trees. The the flesh javelin Olympics uh, with exactly. Superman in the lead. There you go, folks. The podcast where two regular guys separated by a thousand miles of geography try and read every Superman comic ever. Then talk about them one issue at a time. That's the Superman Super Show. Coming to a podcatcher near you on Monday, April 18th. Don't miss it. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine.